If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code assistant. IBM, let's create. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Guess what, Mango? What's that, Will? All right, so I was reading this article from The Guardian. This was back in 2012, I think, and it was about the Swiss Air Force. So there was this emergency with this hijacked plane over Swiss territory. So like no small deal, something they really needed to deal with. But instead of the Swiss Air Force escorting the troubled plane back to Geneva, and that would be typical, it was actually handled by the French and Italian Air Forces. So um, why is that? Well, because it was 6.02 a.m. And apparently that was two hours before the Swiss Air Force came to work. <laughs> what? That, that can't be true. <laughs> yeah, they, well, at least it was in 2014. So here's a quote I found from The Guardian. It says... Um, there's something almost too civilized about a country whose fighter jets stick to office hours. I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> so they supposedly keep this eight to five schedule. They'll break for an hour and a half for lunch. And until 2017, there was no service on weekends. What? <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And, and, and I know this all sounds crazy, but it was also because the Swiss didn't feel the need for it in their military budget. And so they just they'd make arrangements with neighboring air forces to, you know, be on call whenever they were off. And it's an interesting way to spend military money. I don't think this is how it's done in the U.S., if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> but it, it did make me wonder, like, how much does our country spend on the military and where exactly does that money go? And that's what today's episode is all about. Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Part-Time Genius. I'm Will Pearson, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mangesh Hatikater. And the man on the other side of the soundproof glass wearing camo in honor of today's topic is our <laughs> friend and producer, Tristan McNeil. He's always so prepared. Man. I know. Have you noticed this? Oh, wait, he's saluting us. What's this is he doing? so fitting. Good job, Tristan. 
All right, so today we're answering the question, how big is the U.S. military? And we're going to be answering that from a few different angles. You know, how much money is spent, how many people are employed by the military, how many bases does the U.S. have? And then other questions like how many countries are we obligated to protect based on treaties and, you know, things like this. Yeah, and our goal with this episode is to answer these questions out of pure curiosity, not to make any sort of political point. It's kind of funny when you cover a topic like this. People are always a little on edge and so ready to pounce if they sense any bias. Yeah. It always makes me think about that time in Mental Floss and the year we published a cover of the magazine with the headline, Wildest Rides to the White House. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and keep in mind, this was about a decade ago. Anyway, the cover showed a roller coaster ride, and in the roller coaster was... uh I think Nixon and Teddy Roosevelt, Jimmy Carter, and of course, uh, Hillary Clinton. Well, and if you remember, you could see Lincoln's hat flying off in the background. Mm-hmm. And, and now again, we, we always tried to stay pretty free of politics at Metal Floss because we saw ourselves as kind of this break from the news and all of that. But that issue generated so much angry mail, like more than any other issue did from both sides of the political spectrum. And those on the left were angry that we used a photo of Hillary looking like she was screaming. And and those on the right were angry because Hillary didn't belong in that car, having never been a president. But the reality is we felt we had no other choice but to use that photo because there were no fewer than like a hundred photos online of Hillary doing the roller coaster face. At least. I mean, there were so (laughs) many to choose from. But you're right. I mean, it looked so real. And you can actually Google image search this cover today. Just type in Mental Floss Wildest Rides to the White House and you'll see the cover that we're talking about. That's a great example of what we're dealing with here. And, And so as you listen to the episode, try to keep in mind what our goal is. And that's to answer this question. All right. So let's get started. You know, the timing on this topic is pretty interesting because while we're watching all of the fighting going on over health care and a new tax plan and things like the national anthem, it almost went unnoticed that a couple weeks ago, the Senate passed their version of the National Defense Authorization Act. And unlike so many other votes these days, this one wasn't even close. The vote was, I think, like 89 to 8, and and they passed this authorization of a $700 billion funding for the military for the upcoming fiscal year. And that happens to be even more than the Trump administration had proposed. Which is crazy. And I I thought it was a bill of over 1,200 pages. And, you know, one of these days I I want to do an episode entirely on how bills of that length are actually drafted, because that's a lot of pages. No kidding. I wonder if anybody read all 1,200 pages. But, but yeah, that $700 billion included $640 billion for basic Pentagon operations and then another $60 billion for ongoing war operations. So we're talking places like Iraq and Syria, Afghanistan. You know, those are the biggies in the group. Yeah, and so most of that funding goes to the Department of Defense, but there are additional funds to the Department of Energy, which is... uh you know, responsible for the U.S. nuclear program, the Department of Homeland Security, the Veterans Administration, the Military Retirement Trust Fund, and also health care for retired military members, as well as uh, allocations for intelligence agencies, because they have specific defense assignments. Yeah, and, and, and those also have money authorized separately. So there are some estimates, you know, that when you look at all the agencies involved in our national security and military, it it may actually be closer to a trillion dollars annually. So if we go with that $700 billion figure, the military comes in second in terms of the largest federal expenditures. You know what's first? What's that? Social Security. That comes in around $1 trillion. But where does that put us in comparison to other countries? Well, you can look at this in a few ways, but I I think maybe we should look at it in two. So first, you can look at it as total dollar amount spent. um, And then you can also look at it as a percentage of GDP. Now, in terms of total dollar amounts, The U.S. spends more each year than the next eight countries combined. 
So want to tell me what those eight countries are? No, I want you to guess. So, <laughs> all right, I'm looking at the 2016 figures here, and and the estimates on the U.S. spending from that year were about 600 billion, actually a little bit more than 600 billion. So, I mean, I, I'd probably have to guess the first two are uh, past the U.S. are uh, China and Russia, maybe. Yeah, you'd be right to guess them in exactly that order, but they're not as close as you might think. So, huh. the estimates I was looking at have China spending about 215 billion on their military. And Russia only spending about $69 billion. So that's less than a third of what China spent. That's crazy. Um, but I mean, I, I guess it kind of makes sense when you think about the population, because I, I think China's population is about, I don't know, like 10 times that of Russia. Yeah. And uh, they, they have something like 1.4 billion people, I think. Yeah, that's a good point. But I feel like you're just kind of stalling here. Are you, are you looking at your phone? <laughs> I'm just texting with my mom. OK. All right. Well, what's your next guess? Um, uh, Germany, I guess. Yeah. They come in at number nine at uh, forty one billion dollars. And uh, what, what about, you know, North Korea's in the news? How, where, where do they fit into this? Well, you know, they spend a massive amount on their military. We all know that. But because they're so secretive, we actually really can't know. So they're not included in the list that I'm looking at here. So we're going to put them aside for now. But all right, one more guess, and then I'll just go ahead and tell you the rest of the list. How about the U.K.? Yeah, they come in at number six at about $48 billion. So let's go back to the top ones here. Fourth is Saudi Arabia at $64 billion. Oh, really? Yeah, and then India at $55 billion. And the one I think surprised me the most in terms of just how high they ranked is France at $56 billion. Huh. Then you got the UK, as we mentioned, Japan, Germany, as we also mentioned, and then uh, South Korea rounding out the top 10 at about $37 billion. So I, I think you were saying it's a slightly different picture if you look at the spending as a percentage of the GDP. Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting not just to look at it in terms of how much other countries spend and comparing it to that, but even looking at it, you know, as compared to previous decades. Hmm. So the U.S. spends a smaller percentage of its GDP on military now than it did in the mid 20th century. And, and that's also the case for most countries in Europe and the Americas. So let's go back to 1960. And we were talking about in the neighborhood of, of like 8.4% of our GDP being spent on the military at that time, here in the U.S. at least. Mm -hmm. And in 2016, that was only 3.3%. So it's a significant decline when you're looking at it in those terms. Mm -hmm. And according to the World Bank, the world average in 1960 was around 6%. Today, it's around 2.2%. So you've seen a decline really across the globe in terms of percent of GDP. But last year, the country that spent the most on their military as a percentage of GDP was Oman at 13.7%. Uh, Saudi Arabia being a close a second there. Let's see, they were at just under 10%. And then the uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo at a little over 7%. Now, again, keep in mind that because North Korea is so secretive about all of this, we really don't know exactly what they spend. But I've seen some reports that were guessing around 30 percent of their GDP being spent on the military, which I, I clearly that that isn't that surprising, I, I guess. Right. But uh, so so back to the U.S., how is that money divvied up? All right. Well, since the vast majority goes to the Department of Defense's budget. So let, let's look at that right now. The biggest percentage of that at about 40 percent goes to their general day to day operation and maintenance. So. You know, this includes things like equipment maintenance and training and healthcare program. And, you know, this is also where civilian employees and contractors go, which I, I feel like we should talk about in a bit. But this isn't where the members of the military go? No, that's a, a separate category of its own. And that makes up about 27 or 28 percent. And, and that includes not just the pay for those in uniform, but things like housing and subsistence allowances and other costs like those moving, you know, military families to new locations, stuff like that. So I, I'm scribbling these numbers down, 40, 28. 
Okay. So speaking of military families living on bases around the world, I, I just wanted to do this quick tangent. Do you know that stores on military bases don't accept pennies and nickels? Apparently, they're not worth their cost in shipping because they weigh too much. But uh, back to your math. I, I, I scribbled it down, and I, it looks like it's at about 67 or 68% between those two. So what else is on there? Well, first of all, I enjoyed that tangent. I did not know <laughs> that. Uh, well, the other big category, about 31%, combines all the investment in new technologies, you know, R&D, as well as testing and evaluation of that R&D work. And this is some really fascinating stuff. And it, it's no surprise that it would require a ton of money to stay on top of the latest technologies really in many ways to create the latest technologies when you think about how important that is for the military. So let me just give an example of this. And as a side note, it's super interesting to look through the various budget allowances for specific R&D projects. And you can do this through the Department of Defense Investment Budget Search. All right, so so the example here, the Army's 0603710A Night Vision Advanced Technology. <laughs> I have no idea what those numbers stand for, but I kind of like saying them to just make me sound official. I know. I was going to ask if you're secretly in the Army or Army Reserves. <laughs> yeah, I'm not at liberty to say, Mango. So, but, but, but anyway, the cost for the fiscal year 2017 is just shy of $45 billion. And here's the description of that project. Project K-70 pursues technologies that improve the soldier's ability to see at night and provide rapid wide area search to enable passive long-range target identification, evaluate sensors and algorithms designed to detect targets, you know, whether that's vehicles or personnel, and in camouflage or concealment and deception from airborne platforms. So this is some super sophisticated stuff. Yeah, and and I mean, they're spending $44 million on it, so it's got to be pretty incredible. But yeah. uh, so according to my math, uh, based on your numbers, I, I think that all adds up to about 98 or 99% if my calculations are correct. Yeah, there's a few other things there. So the, the remaining like two-ish percent is, is a combination of smaller things like military construction or family housing, just a few odds and ends that all add up right there. So uh, this is the thing that just like baffles me with, with such a huge budget and so many people involved in making these spending decisions. Like, how is all of that managed? Well, it's definitely not easy. And, and they've actually had some issues with this. And so they, they brought in some people from McKinsey to even consult on this and and just to make sure they could wrap their heads around how all the money was being spent. So this was back in 2014 and 15, and the Department of Defense found that it was spending about a fourth of its budget on overhead and administrative matters. So that's a ton of people. And, and you can imagine that it's difficult to really keep a handle on that and easy to see how that could swell out of control in some ways or at least do so in a way that they don't know exactly how it's being spent. Mm -hmm. So, in fact, the Pentagon's back office bureaucracy employed over a million people. So that's about 300,000 of those being in the military almost 450,000 of those being civilians, and then another 268,000, I think it was, being contractors. Oh, wow. So it's a lot of people. So McKinsey and this advisory board, they, they work to help the Department of Defense kind of, you know, get a much better handle on what they were spending. And after their analysis, they realized the department was spending about 50% more than they'd previously guessed on business operations alone. Uh, that's kind of crazy. So, well, I, I definitely have a couple other questions for you before we get to the size of the military from a personnel perspective, which I actually looked into. But before we tackle any of that, why don't we break for a quick quiz? Thinking 
of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM, let's create. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. All right, Mango, so it's time to play a little quiz. And as you know, we've uh, allowed some of our listeners to write in and tell us why they should be on the show. And uh, one of those wrote in, his name is Liam, and he was a nuclear-trained electrician on submarines in the Navy. How perfect it's so awesome! an episode on how big is the U.S. military. But Liam, welcome to Part-Time Genius. Thank you. Glad to be here. And uh, where are you joining us from? Uh, Hampton Roads, uh, Virginia. Okay, terrific. All right. Well, you know, let, let's start with that fact that you were a nuclear-trained electrician uh, on submarines in the Navy. So so what exactly is a nuclear-trained electrician? So uh, by rate uh, or, you know, job description, when I joined the Navy, I was an electrician. I went to school for that and then later went to school to learn how to operate and maintain a nuclear power plant because all of our submarines – are nuclear powered and the aircraft carriers are also nuclear powered and uh that was that was the job I got to do. Wow. Well, thank you for doing a good job with that. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Um and so how long were you on submarines for? Uh well, I was in the Navy for 13 years. Uh most of that time was was on board submarines with a, a short stint at uh, a shore duty command and the training before that. So, uh I don't know, say about uh, 8 of those years I was on submarines. Wow. What's the most fun thing that happens on submarines? The most fun thing, well, uh, I'd probably say halfway night, um, halfway through uh, underway, scheduled underway, we have a, a little celebration just uh, getting to that port point and uh, knowing that, you know, it's all downhill from there. We're, we're heading home soon. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, well, Liam, you may have thought it was a tough job to uh, to be an electrician in the Navy, but but actually we've got something even tougher for you. We've got one of our... Uh, very important quizzes. Mango, what's the name of today's quiz? It's called Oh Captain, My Captain. 
All right. So every answer is a fictional captain. And we're going to see how many of these eight fictional captains you can get right in, what are we saying, 90 seconds, mm-hmm. Mango? 90 seconds. So we're going to set the clock to 90 seconds. This is some high-pressure stuff. <laughs> Just like submarines. Just like submarines. Are you ready, Liam? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. We'll get started. The captain that hung out with Spock on the Enterprise, also his middle name is Tiberius. Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. That's right. This captain is featured on cereal boxes and sails the SS Guppy. Captain Crunch. This captain considers Peter Pan his nemesis, but is more afraid of crocodiles. Oh, hook, hook, hook. That's yeah. right. <laughs> this captain is from a kid's show played by Bob Keeshan, was named for a marsupial. Oh, Captain Kangaroo. That's right. This captain sits on the label of spiced rum bottles. Ooh, Captain Morgan. This captain once punched Hitler on the cover of his comic book. Ooh, Captain America. This captain was featured in Moby Dick. Moby Dick, ooh. That one, I, oh, my mom would, would, would kill me for not knowing that. She was big in the literature, but uh, <laughs> I can't remember that one. Let's go to the last one real quick. This captain slash environmental superhero used to save the Earth on Saturday mornings. Captain Planet, he's a hero. That's Amazing. Right. So Liam went seven for eight. He still had 30 seconds on the clock, and he just missed Captain Ahab. That's the only one he missed, uh, which, <laughs> which, which I think probably qualifies him for a big prize. What do you think? Yeah, we're going to send you a big box of Captain Crunch. That's right. <laughs> oh, I- <laughs> well, th- uh, Liam, thanks so much for all the work you did in the U.S. Navy, and thanks so much for joining us on Part-Time Genius. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com.
Welcome back to Part-Time Genius. Now, Mango, before the break, you were saying you had a couple more questions. And before we dive into personnel and look at our bases around the world, let's let's talk about those. Yeah, so something I've seen several reporters write about recently is something they refer to as the, quote, black budget. Okay, can you explain what that is? Yeah, sure. This is where the funding for, you know, covert military programs comes from. And and in most recent years, it appears this was something like 50 to 60 billion dollars allocated to to this black budget. And there was a really interesting Wired article back in 2012. And a quote from that, it says, to put it in perspective, the Pentagon is still spending more on classified projects than most nations spend on their entire military forces in a year. So that doesn't include the regular budget for intelligence funding, right? Yeah. So when you include the funding from, you know, the National Intelligence Program, which is where agencies like the CIA would fall, we're talking another 50 billion or so. So when it's all added up, we're probably looking at like 120 billion dollars for these black accounts, as you call them. Sure. And and these days, the U.S.'s uh, covert and intelligence gathering operations are super important and a big part of the way the government looks to protect citizens from terrorist attacks or other dangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, and the amounts have fallen in a pretty similar range for many years now. And and during the Cold War, spending was almost certainly about the same, though. It's really difficult to pull historical data on intelligence spending for, for reasons that aren't all that surprising. Mm-hmm. But all right, well, why don't we jump to personnel now, since this is something that you looked into. So why don't you tell me what you got? Sure. So I pulled a lot of numbers, and, and here's the overall sense of it. In 2015, the U.S.'s total number of active duty military personnel was 1,347,000. And that's just shy of 5% of the total number of active duty military personnel in the entire world. Oh, wow. So I, that, that's if you combine all the militaries of all the countries. And then if you include the reserve forces, the current number of military personnel is over 3.5 million. That means that about 0.4% of the U.S. population is on active duty and a little over 1% are either active duty or reserve personnel. And how does that compare to previous years? I mean, I, I feel like that total number is down a little bit over the past couple of decades, right? Yeah. So if you go back to like 2000, the total number of active duty is a little over 5% smaller now than it was back in 2000. And if you go back to 1990, all military branches, except for the Coast Guard, have really seen a decrease in active duty members. Like the current military's active duty is historically small for everything post-World War II. Hmm. All right. Well, why don't you tell me what the breakdown looks branch by branch? I mean, I, I think the Army is the largest, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I've got these numbers here. The The Army has just over 460,000 on active duty. The Navy has about 320,000. The Air Force has about 318,000. And the Marines have about 185,000. And, and then you've got the Coast Guard with much smaller. It's at 40,000. Actually, I didn't realize the Navy and the Air Force were so close in size. I mean, I kind of always assumed the Navy was much bigger for some reason. Mm-hmm. But speaking of the Air Force, I know it's time for you to go to Tangent Town. I know <laughs> you would bring up this fact, so I'm going to go ahead and tee you up for it. But I, I'm assuming, you know, some of our listeners probably know this, but just in case, we've got got Bob Ross to talk about yeah, here. Yeah, Bob Ross. And I, I suppose this one's pretty well known, kind of like the Julia Child being a spy thing, but it's still pretty great. So... You know, Bob Ross, who everyone knows is the guy who painted happy little trees and and could do that in his sleep and helped us all find inner peace through his art. He was actually a master sergeant in the U.S. Air Force, and he was apparently required to be mean and tough. He even said he was the guy who would be forced to yell at you to clean a latrine until it sparkled. And after (laughs) uh, 20 years in the military, he decided enough was enough and he would never scream again. (laughs) And that was three years before he started The Joy of Painting. 
Never saw him scream on that. Also, he hated his perm. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) nice tangent. All right. Well, I've got a couple quick facts of my own here about the Coast Guard, which often gets ignored when people talk about the military because, you know, it is pretty small. And actually, it's even smaller than the size of the New York City Police Department. I don't know if you knew that as far Mm -hmm. as personnel goes, but they're definitely an active force. I saw one stat, according to Military.com. The Coast Guard seizes 169 pounds of marijuana and 306 pounds of cocaine worth just shy of $10 million every single day. Every day? Yeah. (laughs) What what do they do with all those drugs? Well, I think they've got this like massive toilet that they flush it down. (laughs) I actually have no idea what they do with all of it. I mean, if that's every single day, that's an enormous amount. But um, yeah, it's crazy. crazy. All right. So so you've mentioned the active duty forces, but but we've also got the reserve forces, and that's not a small number of people. Yeah, the various divisions of the U.S. military reserve forces are, are where you'll find another 826,000 people in the selected reserves. So this would include members of the National Guard and those in the reserves that can be called into active duty. About two thirds of these come from the Army National Guard and the Army Reserves. But in addition, you've got, you know, the Navy Reserve, the Marine Corps Reserve, the Air National Guard, the Air Force Reserve, and and also the Coast Guard Reserve. Wow, that's a lot to keep up with. Mm -hmm. But um, all right, well, let's get to our presence around the world. And I'm guessing you're talking about the 170 golf courses around the world that the military is responsible for. (laughs) Wow. No, I I mean, but somebody's got to keep those greens green and those sand traps trappy, right? Yeah. That's that's an old saying. It is. I think so. Are you serious? 170 golf courses? Yes. These are on military resorts or recreation spots in various places around the world. But let's back up a little and talk about those numbers. If you count the small installations, the U.S. military currently has about... 800 bases abroad in in about 80 countries. And all other countries combined have about 30 bases outside their own borders. Oh, wow. So that's 800 bases around the world for the U.S. and just 30 for all other countries Mm -hmm. combined? 800 is way more than 30, so I'm I'm pretty (laughs) sure we went on that one. That's incredible. All right, well, I'm hoping you can walk us through how this came to be. But but actually, first, can you just explain, like, how a base is defined? Yeah, so so the definition can vary a bit based on who you ask. But according to David Vine, the author of uh, Base Nation, quote, bases come in all sizes and shapes from massive sites in Germany and Japan to small radar facilities in Peru and Puerto Rico. Other bases include posts and airfields, repair facilities, nuclear weapon installations, uh, warehouses, military schools, drone bases, military hospitals. It's all that type of thing. And even military resorts and recreation areas in places like Tuscany and Seoul, those are also kind of bases. And that's where we get the 170 golf courses. Wow, that is a lot. Actually, I was reading about one of these bases. I'd never heard about this before, but in 1960, have you have you heard of Camp Century? Mm-mm. So it was this top secret U.S. military base, and they were looking for a place to house certain missiles. And so they built this base under the ice sheets in Greenland. It's just unbelievable. And, it was, you know, they they pretended that this place was there for climate research. And so there was (laughs) something like 200 people there. And it was actually powered by the world's first portable nuclear reactor. So it's a pretty fascinating place. And it went without anyone knowing about it until Denmark uncovered this base. I think it was in like 1995. So we're talking like 30 years or so before anybody realized this thing was there. That's crazy. All right. But but I guess what may be more surprising to me since we, you know, we grew up knowing that our military had bases all over the world is that other really big countries have so few. Yeah. So according to a couple counts I saw, the U.S. has somewhere around 95 percent of the world's foreign bases. 
And yet China just opened its first military base abroad in Djibouti last month. That really is surprising. So as far as our presence around the world, I mean, how did this come to be? I'm, I'm assuming like World War II was a big part of this. Yeah, in 1940, the U.S. began building military bases abroad, and by the end of World War II, we had over 2,000. Wow. And now about half of those were abandoned after the war, and and then you see this up and down as we built more during the Korean and Vietnam Wars, and then declined after each, and then back up again during the Cold War. During the 90s, the military abandoned a little more than half of those, and, and today we have about half as many bases, but in twice as many countries as we did in 1991. Yeah, and just looking back at that number you mentioned at the end of World War II, so 2,000 bases around the world? Yeah, and if you consider how quickly they were built, it's also really wild. So according to Vine, by 1945, the U.S. military was building base facilities at a rate of 112 a month. Hmm. And in only five years, the U.S. had developed history's first truly global network of bases, And he says it vastly overshadowed that of the British Empire upon which the sun never set. It's definitely an impressive accomplishment for sure. And, you know, it makes more sense when I look back at the annual budget and see that the maintenance of bases costs somewhere like eighty five, ninety billion dollars each year. Well, there's one other piece of this that I think we need to know, and that's the obligation the U.S. has to provide military to others. What do you mean by that? Well, this political science professor from Tufts, uh, his, his name's Michael Beckley, He looked at the network of treaties and all the defensive pacts we've entered into since World War II. And through those, we're actually bound to protect 69 nations, comprising 25 percent of the world's population. But, you know, there's an economic and economic stability aspect to it. These nations also represent 75 percent of the global economy in terms of output. Wow. So 25 percent of the world's population. And I have to assume some of these came about from these like big multi-nation agreements that we've entered in over the years. Yeah, definitely. So you've got the biggies like the Organization of American States, the OAS or, or NATO, um, the Australian, New Zealand and uh, U.S. Security Treaty. And, and then there's several like bilateral defensive pacts. So um, most of these we signed in the 50s and early 60s, but there were places like Israel, Japan, Pakistan, Philippines, South Korea, Taiwan. I mean, those are just a few of them. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that would add up to a significant percentage of the world's population. So, well, I don't know about you, but I definitely learned a lot about how big the U.S. military is today. But we're not done yet because there's one more really important thing to take care of. The PTG fact off. That's right. All right, so I'll kick us off here. So we've been talking about how much larger the U.S. military is than all other countries. So it's not a surprise that the U.S. Air Force is the largest air force in the world. But you know what the second largest air force in the world is? Mm -mm. It's the U.S. Navy. (laughs) It was a trick question. Gotcha on that one. Well, uh, speaking of lots of planes, I, I, I laughed when I saw a fact that after Top Gun came out in 1986, the Navy saw this huge increase in the number of men who wanted to become naval aviators, reportedly by as much as 500 percent. Apparently, they just love high-fiving. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're just going to keep talking about big records here. So take a guess who the largest employer in America is. The Army. Nope, it's another trick question. It's Walmart (laughs) with over 2 million employees. I think it's actually like 2.2 million, though about 1.3 million of those are actually based in the U.S. But the Army comes in second with about a million in active duty or the reserves. 
Okay, so I, I'm going to go back to the Air Force for another fact. Uh, apparently, after researchers looked into how bumblebees fly, the Air Force was so inspired to use the aerodynamics discovered from the research that they developed the F-117 fighter. Oh, wow, that's pretty crazy. All right, well, there's this really interesting article from Atlas Obscura that's definitely worth looking up, and it's about how the U.S. government spent more than $20 million over the course of a couple of decades, and they did this to train telepaths to help the military. <laughs> I'm curious how that all turned out. Um, yeah. So you, you may remember from a few years ago, a few people tried to make a big deal online about a Marine holding this umbrella over President Obama in the rain. Uh, everyone was up in arms because while female Marines are are allowed to carry umbrellas, male Marines are instructed early on that they're not to hold an umbrella no matter how hard it's raining. Hmm. However, as Marine spokesman Captain Eric Flanagan told the Washington Post, according to the U.S. Code, Marines are to, quote, perform such other duties as the president may direct. So that means if the president says he wants an umbrella held over him, he's going to get an umbrella held over him. <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely remember this, but that's some serious controversy there. And, uh, you know, I feel like a fact about an umbrella controversy is worthy of the PTG trophy. So I'm, I'm going to give you today's prize. So congratulations. But you know, before we go, what episodes do we have coming up, Mango? We've got some good ones, right? Yeah, we've got two really good ones in the works. We've got the incredibly important history of uh, breakfast cereal. <laughs> I know we're both huge fans of cereals, so that should be a good one. And and then next week, we're looking at the worst jobs in America. Yeah, both of those are going to be really fun. And, and thank you again to all our listeners who are writing to us at parttimegenius at howstuffworks.com or calling our 24-7 fact hotline. It is still 24-7, Mango, mm -hmm. is that right? Still 24-7. 1-844-PT-GENIUS. And I hope you've all noticed we're trying really hard to respond to everyone who writes or calls or hits us up on Facebook or Twitter. So we look forward to hearing from you guys. And if you like this episode, please do us a big favor and share it with a friend. And if you're feeling extra generous, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. But that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Part-Time Genius is a production of How Stuff Works and wouldn't be possible without several brilliant people who do the important things we couldn't even begin to understand. Tristan McNeil does the editing thing. Noel Brown made the theme song and does the mixy-mixy sound thing. <laughs> Jerry Rowland does the exec producer thing. Gabe Luzier is our lead researcher with support from the research army, including Austin Thompson, Nolan Brown, and Lucas Adams. And Eve Jeffcoat gets the show to your ears. Good job, Eves. If you like what you heard, we hope you'll subscribe. And if you really, really like what you've heard, maybe you could leave a good review for us. Did we, did we forget Jason? Jason who? has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. 
Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. 